uh, would you guys do a biography on one of your next episodes? No. A biography? I think we can talk talk about ourselves. People don't want to hear about us. People don't care about us, Dave. You realize that, right? I'm more than happy to answer questions at, at, at any personal level. It doesn't bother me at all, you know, about what I've done or what I've not done. But I, I think I think people have had enough of watching my fat ass and, and <laughs> the shit I put myself through, really. Hey, what's going on, guys? Today on Drugs and Stuff, we start off the show with drugs in the news. As always, uh, this week, a coach was caught injecting high school students with anabolic steroids. Yeah, that dude is going to do some time. After that, we go to our steroid profile of the week. This week, we're going to talk about Anadrol, a.k.a. A-bombs, a.k.a. Uh, Oxys, a.k.a. Green Giants. The list goes on and on. After that, we've got our listener questions. Uh, switching from trend ACE to trend E, how is half-life affected when you go to injecting subcutaneously? Arachidonic acid as a supplement. When should you cut out injectables when doing a contest prep? Primo versus Equipoise for strength. All this and a bunch more right now here on Drugs and Stuff. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by True Nutrition. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor, hit the like button. And if you haven't subscribed yet, we have several programs coming out each week. And some of them are actually good. You can watch good shows on this channel. Yeah. But like I said last week, we'll get you through until like Ron and Dusty come back, you know? Yeah, not everything's as shit as this one. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, good news is not everything is as bad as us. No, I think I think we've been having fun with it, man. And we've been getting a lot of really good feedback, too, uh, over at the YouTube. So thank you guys, everybody who's been, uh, you know, following along over there, subscribing and all that stuff. We uh, we have a lot of stuff going on today. We've got drugs in the news. We have a steroid profile. Dave calls them oxy. I call them anadrol. And uh, after that, we've got all your listener questions. We've got questions from the YouTube questions from here, questions from the, the Facebook group. So without further ado, Dave, we have drugs, steroids in the news this week. The story that I'm looking at here, here's the title. Uh, Clarksville Sheriff says former coach accused of providing student with anabolic steroids. So this is from Clarksville, Tennessee. A former coach was accused of providing a student with anabolic steroids. This is a 52-year-old Roger Williams. Um, Let's see. So what did he do here exactly? Oh, and then let's take it a step further. Uh, Injecting a student with an anabolic steroid as part of his strength and conditioning training. Now, I'm a little bit confused because it says former coach. So was he a coach when he was supplying the gear? Or did he used to be a coach but has continued? Uh, he's now supplying gear. Okay. Uh, let's see. Clarksville, Montgomery County School System. So it did. I couldn't tell, first of all, by the way, whether this was like a college or not at first. But when they say Clarksville, uh, Montgomery County School System, that leads me to believe we're talking like this is like high school level. High school. Yeah. Said, so we're talking 17, 18-year-olds. Yeah. Said, said Williams was not their employee. 
and was contracted in August of 2019 for professional services. School officials said that they had uh, him plan, coordinate, implement, and oversee a strength and conditioning program for the, the Rossview High Boys basketball team. Basketball. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that either. No, I wasn't. So they've basically brought an outside coach in Mm -hmm. because the basketball team sucked. And as a result, he shoved them full of gear so they performed better on the court. Yeah. They were probably like, hey, we want our kids to learn good work ethic and understand exercise and healthy eating. Let's bring in uh, this guy because he's – let's bring in Williams because Williams is a big, strong-looking guy. He would uh, help educate our boys. Yeah, so injection sites are here, here, and here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't imagine that, man. Then listen, there's never been a time in my life where, even as an educator, I've been like, here, let me do that shot for you. It's, I, I, come on, I mean, at the end of the day, all, all jesting aside, it's pretty naughty when you're talking high. I mean, very, for those in the UK, high school kids is a lot older than high school kids. For us, we end at 16, they end at 18. Oh, you guys are done but, in high school at 16? Yeah, yeah. We go into college and stuff then. Um, but at the same time, you know, I mean, anyone sort of putting gear into anyone under 18 or encouraging anyone under 18 to take gear and then, you know, this is a position of trust that's been wholly abused is, you know, all joking aside, it's, it's morally it's pretty fucking low, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine that. And I feel like, you know, usually in a case where we see people getting prosecuted for something related to steroids, I feel bad for him. In this case, personally, my opinion is that this dude made a big Fuck mistake, him. you know? Fuck him. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I think as well, I, I mean, I would suspect that the motivation has nothing to do with the children and all to do with his profile as a successful coach. I bet you're right, man. I bet you're right. Uh, you know, I mean, he's probably got there and, and he's like, you know what, this team in general is crap and mm. i can't do much with them so i'll fire drugs in them and make them outperform themselves that way but uh, i've always uh, it stretches into bodybuilding coaching and, and weightlifting coaching powerlifting coaching whatever you say is this is is that i'm always a little bit suspicious of a coach who will put a client on drugs from the get-go hmm because you don't know a client. So I always think there needs to be a period of unassisted training to fully assess someone and their needs. I can see that, sure. Uh, and you see it with a lot of poor coaching where the answer is, yeah, just go on cycle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nine, nine times out of ten, most people are going to make improvements on cycle unless their training is really shit. And, and let's look at this, too. So this is because they also note they say uh you know if you have any information about possible victims to step forward think about it was it just one of these students or is it just one of the students that said something yeah it's i don't know you know it's impossible to say isn't it? i mean it, it could be the whole bloody team for all we know right right, uh, right. Yeah, and imagine, man, he would imagine if he put everybody on steroids and they all started performing great. You know, they, it, it would make him look like it would lock him in as this amazing coach. You know, it really would. Which, which would mean his price is going up, doesn't it? You know, yeah, like well, any coach, you you your pricing structure is based around the success of your clients. Yeah, 
I'm surprised if that's his game plan. I'm surprised he was that ballsy to go to injectables. You know? Yeah. I, I, I mean, to me, it would have made more sense to give the kids orals, but tell them they were vitamin tablets. Yeah, something. Because uh, straight away, I mean, you know, kids are fucking bright enough to know if if, if coach is shoving a needle in my fucking ass, it's Geary shoving in me. It's not fucking vitamin B12. If your coach is asking you to take your pants off, whether it's to give that's, you a shot or, do, or, yeah, or do anything else, it's probably not, you know, it's probably not legit. You know, but you know, I mean, it's you know, kids are notoriously loud mouthed. Yeah. Um, yes. it's part, it's part of being a teenager, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's part yeah. of learning, learning and growing up is you make your mistakes, you you say shit you shouldn't say, and yeah, don't I tell just, anyone about this. Oh, okay, you say that, you know, to any 15, 16 year old, uh, you can expect that that's getting spread everywhere. Yeah. Well, the first thing I said is, mate, fucking coach has got me on test. Fuck it out. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ooh, uh, yeah. in, in, this, in this scenario, I have no sympathy for this fucker at all, and I do hope they throw the book at him. Um, there's also that, you know, you send your kids to school, you expect them to be safe, you expect them to be protected, you don't expect them to be exposed to performance-enhancing drugs. Mm, yeah. Uh, not not from a, a, a faculty member or a staff member, even if they are a subcontractor, you still know. Yeah. No, it's, it, I'm all for free will and free choice in education. This definitely isn't it. No, no I agree. Uh, we've got uh, a steroid profile to do still, and I do see we're, we're getting a few questions here in the feed. This is one that we'll have to come back to after we're done with our steroid profile. This is from James Grellish. Uh, if you guys have watched Under Construction Films that Dave was in, then you know James. He was the director. I'm not answering it. Because it'll be shit. <laughs> he says, uh, get Dave to talk about the uh, NDA or whatever it was, vitamin derivative he was telling me about the other day. Is that the stuff we just talked about? The uh, the plus? Yeah, that, that plus. Oh, uh, We already talked about that, James. We talked about yeah. that long, Mr. Grealish. long ago, James. Get with the, get with the times. Just message me, you daft sod. He wanted, us, he, wanted, he wanted us to talk about it on the show. He thought that'd be interesting, but we already beat him to that punch. If you want, for next week, I'll actually get together some, some proper um, stats. Okay. If you want. I'll see what I can... Uh, yeah. no, no, seriously, though. I'll actually get together some proper stats, um, and we'll go from there. All right. Well, as Dave's dog snores in the background... We will move on to uh, our steroid profile of the week. And today we are going to discuss Anadrol, a.k.a. Oxys. We're not. We're going to discuss oxymethylone. Anadrol is a trade name. Drawl, bro. It's a trade name. Drawl. Anadrol is a trade it's name. It's called Drawl. It, it is not a compound. Drawl? The compound is oxymethylone. Dude. I don't know what that is, but I know what Jarrell is, and I know no. what it can do, too. You get don't strong as today. all get out. Don't with my flow today. You get as strong as all get out on Androl, I'll tell you that right now. You rip a so, freaking pack right off the tendon. Napasim is another name. If you're UK-based, you probably will have, if you've been around as long as I have, you'll have heard of the phrase Nap 50s. Um, Napasim was a brand name, Wait. and they were classed as 50s because it came in 50 milligrams. Was it Napasim? Because that was the D-ball. There was another... Mm, that was a brand of it, yeah. Nat 50s. 
I, I, th- I thought it was like Napolin or something. No, sorry, Napolin. You are. I apologize. You are correct. Stupid David. Shut up. It was the. Yeah, they don't <laughs> have the because we talked the other week. I had I had used Napolin D ball. That was my first. Yeah, no, you're right. It was Napolin. Yes, that's um, it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I apologize. It was my mistake. It's all right. That's what I'm here. Um, Oral compound. Generally, you find it in fifties, but it is growing in popularity as ten. And one of the reasons for that is actually quite a useful little compound for females, and it's very underrated for females. Mm. Has a reputation for getting people watery, which is absolute bollocks. It doesn't. It's one of these compounds, and no, 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 right, hear me out, okay? There's two major compounds that I find their their reaction with water base is very much down to the individual's diet. Okay. And this is DECA and Oxys. DECA too, huh? And Amadrol. And I find if, if people's diets are on point, those compounds will not water them out. But if their diets aren't on point, they will blow them up like a fucking water balloon. From what I can work out, it is to do with its interaction with progesterone or the progesterone receptor. And that's the trigger point for, but oxys, if you're lean, you fire oxys in a week out from the show, you're going to come in full and hard and dry. Yeah. You are not going to water out. I've never used them. I've never used them pre-show. I would love to try it sometime. Lee Priest loves them pre Well, used to love them pre-show. I don't know if he still does, but he used to. Yeah. He took quite a few his last comp. Scott Stevenson said, who's napping? No, no, that's footy. Yeah, I've never noticed. I've never known how you pronounce it. Is it footy? Like foot? No, thud. Thuddy. Thud. Oh, fud. I couldn't... So- I couldn't tell with your accent. It's a slang term for someone who's a bit stupid, is it not? Uh, I didn't know that. Well, definitely. He's a bit stupid. Footy. So he's called footy. Okay. His full name is, oh God, what is it now? Lord Theodore Poddington. He doesn't even know his dog's name. I do, but it's a long, convoluted bollocks. Lord Theodore Poddington is his full name. All right. So I took us off track again here. Yeah, you do this all the time. You're talking about a drug we know as Drawl, also known as A-bombs, also known as A-50s, Naps, as uh, Scott Stevenson helped us uh, with, all these names. Yeah, yeah, Naps. Those are scientific. Um, And I say, so you're seeing it more in 10 Mig now because it is actually quite a useful little compound for females. Hmm, I haven't Um, seen this. Yeah. I've found them over here quite a bit. Um, so good strength drug, um, used in the treatment of anemias. So it does increase RBC, it does increase red blood cell count, hemoglobin and all that stuff. So you've got to keep an eye on things like that. A bit bad for BP, especially if your diet's not on point. Mm, yeah. Um, but generally regarded as a good strength oral, um, good pre-comp if you're very, very lean, can be a bit of an appetite destroyer, as most orals can, but but oxys or, or naps or anadrol or whatever we're going to fucking call them for today. We call it oxynapalone, um, Dave. Oxynapalones, there you go. How's that? Yes? Oxyanadrols. <laughs> um, can be a bit harsh on, on appetite. Um, so at the end of the day, if you can't eat, like we've said many a time, like we talked about trend and other drugs, there's no point really having it if it's going to destroy your appetite. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, has an interaction with the progesterone receptor as a progestin. Okay. Um, now, progestins, are, it's not a true progestin, but one of the, the good things about progesterone is progesterone actually lowers estrogen. Mm. Progestin doesn't. So it's a bit of a twat in that sense, but it doesn't interact fully. If I remember rightly, I think it's affecting the, the receptors about 25%. Okay. Whereas Tren is like 100% and possibly a little bit more. Hmm. So it's not going to get a hard hard reaction there. It's not going to cause major issues. Generally, it's actually quite well tolerated. It has a reputation for being a liver destroyer. Yes, I've heard that too. And and the truth of that, and, and in a way, that's not a bad thing because it means people stay quite respectful of the compound. But in reality, medic medically, it's dosed at a milligram per kilo. And it's used in females and children. Okay, so 200-pound guy, that would be like around 100 milligrams? Yeah. And that's, that's medicinal, and that's an ongoing treatment. So huh. it's what my understanding is from when I've looked at it. Um, it will initially raise blood values. But then they will level off. It doesn't continually raise them. Hmm. So it'll bring them up and then they will stabilize. And it seems to be similar with liver values. It bring them up and then they will start to actually decline. No they kidding. don't stay elevated. So you just ride it out. Um, if your liver yeah. starts falling out, just ride it out. Well, you'll be okay. See, everything's within reason and, sure. and test and see where you are. But, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, that isn't Blanchard. You know, that isn't a, a green light to say, oh, let's take 200 mega of, of fucking oxygen. Tomorrow. Right, right, right. Fuck off! That's still gonna hurt you. You know what I mean. But at the end of the day, it, it's it's a useful little compound, and I think it's one that when people look at orals is often overlooked because hmm. people look at Anavar and they look at T ball and they look at D ball or Winstrel and they forget that we have this handy little compound that's going to give you a real kick up the ass strength wise. Yeah, yeah. Um, that actually isn't going to cause loads of problems with water and fat and estrogen. Um, particularly if you're on point in those areas and can add just a nice little finishing touch to the back end of a cycle as you start to flag to give you that nice little kick up in strength to keep you motivated and moving forward. Hmm. I remember Scott Stevenson said something interesting about it. I believe it was Anadrol. We looked at it. I, he had a, some studies where they, they, would, um, they would make it so that the, the drugs would light up when they were in your body. And that they would look at the androgen receptor and they saw that it was not working at the androgen receptor the way they expected a steroid to do. So they're, they're in, in a way, they're not quite sure how it works because it's not mm -hmm. directly. And, and, and don't quote me on any of this. I'm not trying to like provide some science here. I just, I just kind of half remember. I remember Scott saying this, but I, of course, I'm not in a position where I could, you know, explain it in detail. But that it wasn't attaching the way that we would traditionally expect it to. I thought that okay. that, that was kind of interesting. And the, Scott's answer was like that we really don't completely know then how it's working. I mean, anecdotally, we, we see good, strong evidence of, of the performance boost that, that Anadrol is going to give somebody. Yeah, and it's strong. It's a strong yeah, boost, is. you know. It, it is. Um, I'm I'm not aware of that, to be quite honest, but um, I will have to speak to Scott and find out what all that is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, how would you 
put this into a cycle? Well, you know, I'm a fan of orals at back ends of cycles anyway. Yeah. So I, I would drop this in when things are starting to lag at the back end of cycle, but I would also use it pre-stage if condition was right. And, and you have to be lean, but if you are lean, it will transform you. Um, and also, obviously, coming up to any sort of strength event. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a useful little addition running into a comp if you're a powerlifter or a strongman. Um, useful on day of day of comp, even. Yeah. Um, it's 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 common. Well, I won't say commonly, but it's you see it quite often as an injectable form now as well, which is very useful because obviously you're gonna you're gonna lose some of that stomach issue that you're gonna get from actually consuming the tablets, mm. and you're missing that first pass. Um, but yeah, I find it quite a versatile little compound. It doesn't aromatize. You know, yes, we do have a, a, an engagement with the progesterone receptor, but it, it's its androgen values aren't particularly scarily high. Um, it, it is actually quite a versatile little thing, and I think it gets a bit of a shitty rap muscle mm. a lot of the time as, as being this super toxic liver destroyer. Mm. When I'd actually say, you know, other strength compounds like Halo um are far worse and far more toxic and far more stressful on the body than, than anadrol is have you ever heard of people doing a d-ball anadrol combo in the off season i've i've seen labs produce such blends mm-hmm. um i've not seen much in the way of how people have got on with them mm-hmm. <sighs> i think when you're you're looking at combining orals You've just got to look at your overall dosing. Uh, if I wouldn't be a particular fan of, of putting in 50 mega D-ball and 50 mega oxy, but maybe 20, 25, 30 of each, yeah, I'd see it being viable. Um, saying that, I have run oxy quite high in the past. Yeah. Yeah, we won't talk about that. <laughs> the highest I've ever been on oxy is 100 mig, but that was with 100 mega vampire. <laughs> oh wow okay yeah. so it was 100 100 oxy 100 megabar yeah i want to say pumps off that were insane yeah that would be nuts man that would be nuts yeah i want to say that I did, what was it d ball for it was either six or eight weeks at like 30 milligrams with maybe it was a little bit higher than that with uh no it was 50 milligrams with with either 50 or 25 anadrol combined with that and I, I remember I got a decent effect off of that, but the, the anadrol was only for the first month, I believe. Is what it, it's been a long time since I did that, but I do recall that that was uh, that was a, a very quick, you know, a very quick extreme strength booster, and you know, water retention booster, you know, real quick. Oh, with a D bowl in there, you're gonna get water, are you? Yeah, I think too, man. I, I agree with you. You know, I've, and I've heard, I think a lot of coaches agree with you, too, that anadrol in the right environment is not going to produce a ton of water retention. But I think that if you are bulking and your calories are high, that there's going to be a better chance that you are going to hold some fluid on it then. Like, then it could go to the opposite. You know what I mean? It could become, like, super water retentive with, with like, ample amounts of food and possibly eating a pizza on the weekend. You know, if you're not eating, you know what I mean? If you're that guy and you're like, hey, I'm going to run some gear, I think he's going to hold a lot of water on it. Yeah, but you, and you're going to hold a lot of water on pretty much any gear if you're going to be that guy. Absolutely, I think you're right. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, so many people just look at off season as a, an opportunity to just eat shit. 
Yes, this is true. All right. Well, what do you say, Dave? We uh, mm-hmm. we get into our questions, and okay. I, uh, I'll start us out with that question I sent over to you. I had gotten this one on DM. Uh, let's see. Can I pick your brain for a minute? I'm looking uh, on starting back up on cycle in a couple of weeks. Uh, after having six months off, I'm going to run test E at 500 milligrams and try to keep that at a baseline. But I'm wondering what else to run alongside of it. Uh, my best gains and best look have always been from using Tren along with it. I've been um, quite lucky in not having any of the sides that come from Tren Ace, but I know how harsh it can be on your body, so I was wondering if Tren E would be okay to start with. So I, uh, do you think I am okay to jump in at the deep end? Thanks, mate. He must be a British guy. He said, mate. I, I, I don't think there's really going to be much difference. There's going to be a slight difference in impact from Tren E to Tren Ace. But uh, if, if you tolerate Tren Ace, okay, you're going to tolerate Tren E, okay. I wouldn't have thought there's going to be any particular problems there. Um, you tend to get a bigger whack from Tren Ace, but you do tend to run Tren E a little bit higher dosage-wise. Um, he doesn't say where he is condition-wise, what his aims are, where he's going, what his previous uses has been like. Um, I mean, he's had a decent stint off. I just, you know me, I'm just not a fan of Tren in the off-season. I really am. Um, I just think it's an unnecessary drug. Okay, well, why? 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 He's, you know, and I, I'm with you on this, but let's push it a little further. He says, right, why he says, do I think Tren is unnecessary? Well, and, and, and also, too, to seed it here. He says, I've always gotten my best look uh, from Tren. And I haven't had any of the Wait. negative side effects. The, the, the problem, one of the problems with Tren is that just because you don't experience the physical side effects, it doesn't mean you're not experiencing the mental side effects. Uh, and one of the things is you will get to a point where it just is the straw that breaks a camel's back. And you'll have been fine, 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 fine. You're running the same cycle you've run before. You're running the same dose as you run before. And all of a sudden, you, you've hit with a bucket load of anxiety that you can't get rid of. And that's you've done. That, that, you're there. You've got it. You're going to have it for the rest of your day, so to speak. You learn to manage it and you can get better with it. But when trend starts to trigger long-term anxiety, it's a very difficult situation to, to get rid of. And it isn't simply a case of just stopping taking the drug. Um, I find the drug toxic, unnecessarily so in an off-season. Mm-hmm. To me, your off-season should always be low drug, high food, least amount of stress possible. Heavy, hard training. Mm-hmm. And then as you go into the comp, as you start to get tighter and drier and leaner, then you can start to see where a compound like trend can add the polish to your physique. Mm-hmm. can lead you looking that harder and leaner and trier and, and everything else. But in the off-season, to me, and I no disrespect to the person who's posted the question, sure. but it would sounds a little bit like I'm going to take trend because it means I get a better look without putting as much effort into what I'm doing. Hmm. And that's everyone to their own at the end of the day. You know, if you want to be a bit slack on your diet because you know when you're taking trend you can get away with that, then, then that's your choice, and, and, and I'm not going to judge you for that, but my personal choice is that off-season I want to run low-impact in drugs. I want to keep my stress levels low. I want to keep the toxicity low on my body because then when I'm aiming for comp, I know I'm going to start racking it up. 
I know I'm going to start to stress my body much greater. I know I'm going to be much more toxic in my drug intake. So why put myself in that position when it's unnecessary in the off season? Mm. I have never seen anyone who gets better gains out of trend over, say, DECA or other compounds if their diet and training are on point. Yeah. The only time I've seen the benefits where trend reduces greater and better results is when their training and diet isn't on point. Yeah. And that's where trend will smooth over the cracks and the rust services and give you a more polished finish that isn't really reflective of the effort that's gone into creating. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's, but that's just me. I, I don't stand in judgment of, of using trend. Just, it doesn't make sense in my head. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you know you're going to, if you want to achieve a certain look and you know that you're not going to be disciplined enough to do that without a compound, then who am I to say don't use a bloody compound? It's your choice if you want to use it. Sure, sure. As long as you're understanding of the potential problems that may arise and you don't start crying if you do get those problems, crack on. Yeah. Yeah, I well, think... You know, I, I'm with I you. It's shot when you can drive, you know. It's, it's that sort of a, yeah, but it's that sort of approach to it, and I understand that. Yeah, I, I really do. I'm with you. I think that um, I I would prefer to not use it as my main growth compound. He's been off of everything for six months, so it, it, just the test E alone is going to evoke some pretty awesome changes. Mm. You know, I would have thought so. Yeah, you know, and if you were to add something that would be more of like a, a growth like a traditionally thought of as a growth compound with that i think you could do even better and then and i'm with dave in that save the trend you know for another time especially say you know toward the as you're cutting you know i mm-hmm. i think that that would be my personal thought and i am still i'm a fan of of trend ace i think that i've actually seen people have more issues with trend e because it does tend to be a drug that we dose higher and it's once you get that in your system and it's built up it, it takes a while to manipulate it versus with Trenace, if you're having issues, you can always play with the dose and adjust it and you could create changes within a very short period of time, you know, because that, that acetate ester is so fast. Just just skip a shot in your, you know, you got your yeah, levels would, back down, blood pressure may be getting better, you know. I, w- I was thinking more from the, 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 Trenace is mig for mig. Trenace is harsher, but the problem is we tend to run Trenace lower than we do Trene. So yeah. we end up with a much higher dose when we run Trene. Absolutely, is, which is which is where Trene comes into its own for a point of view, of causing more problems. Absolutely. So I would, yeah, I was thinking more mig for mig, but in reality, you're right. We do tend to dose Trene a lot higher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I noticed you had mentioned that. Yeah, the the, the higher mm. dosing, and it is once you once it's in your system. If you're if you're say if you find like hey. I'm having a bad insomnia from this. You can't just skip a shot and then all of a sudden get some relief from it. You're going to have to ride that out for a little while before you can make a change. Mm-hmm. And I just That's think, true. you know what, too, he, you know, he said he's not dealing with side effects. So maybe he doesn't deal with any of that. But, you know, just like you said, Dave, you know, it's up to you what you want to do. Those would be my my thoughts and, and Dave's thoughts. I've seen a few cases, well, more than a few cases where people have been fine, fine, don't have size, don't have size, don't have size, and then bang. Yeah. They they just start and they just can't get rid of them. And then that's it, sides for the rest of the time, every time they touch trend. We have another study here. We'll have to come back to this. We could do this one on the next episode. Um, it was a study that I, I sent you, a pilot study, Nandrolone alleviates joint pain. So that would be 
a fun one to come back to. Well, yeah, I mean, it doesn't take a lot of sort of lateral thinking to, to, to say it does because it's an anti-inflammatory at the end of the day. Right, yeah. Let's save that one for next week. I'm just looking at what we've got here. Hey, guys, why are you using sports nutrition that was designed for someone else? At truenutrition.com, they offer the world's largest selection of quality protein powders, and they let you design your own custom blend from a variety of powders, flavors, boosts, and packaging options, like the Team Skip blend, for instance. That's over 20 billion possible combinations to create a protein powder tailored to your diet, your goals, your tastes, and your budget. TrueNutrition.com also offers the ability to create delicious custom oatmeal blends. And they're third-party tested, proving that all their supplements are ensured to have the highest level of quality and value. Don't be a sucker and pay for fancy packaging and gimmicks. Discover the source that bodybuilders trust and stop using mass-produced nutrition that wasn't designed for you. TrueNutrition.com. And use our code ADVICES at checkout to let them know that you support the shows. Okay, so here's that question we had uh, about um, the Half-Life's sub-Q versus uh, IM. So I have a good question, wondering how much Half-Life increases, for example, if you take acetate subcutaneously. He says, a manufacturer I know always used to say uh, that it's approximately three times. Now... When Scott sent, Scott sent me this question earlier on, he doesn't normally actually send me the questions before, and he normally just drops them on me, the bastard. But he did send me this question earlier on today, and my first reaction was, it doesn't alter Half-Life. Then I actually had a, went and had a look, and I found quite a few forum conversations about changes in Half-Life through IM and Sub-Q, but, but study-wise, I couldn't really find anything. What I did find was a study that was... Um, test levels on 100 milligrams sub-Q were very similar to test levels on 200 milligrams IM. Now, sub-Q does tend to slow the release and absorption of the compound into the bloodstream. Um, hmm. I, don't, I don't think it actually affects the half-life yeah. I think it just affects the rate at which it gets absorbed into the bloodstream. And once the compound is in your bloodstream, its half-life will... The bloodstream is is altered. Um, I was trying to think that why would a sub-Q dosing at 100 milligrams create levels similar to an IM dosing at 200 milligrams? If it was to um, be in your blood system longer, maybe you know what I mean. That's the only thing yeah, I can think of. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling with that. Yeah, anecdotally, my own experiences with sub Q have shown that I can create much higher blood plasma levels from a much lower dose. I mean, I'm currently dosing huh. at fifty milligrams a week. Okay, and, I, and I'm sitting in the top quarter of the range constantly. My trough in, in English, my trough is twenty five. My peak is twenty nine. And I got bloods back today, which is the third set of bloods I've had that have confirmed this range. So this wasn't a, a fluky thing. This is consistent. Um, so there's definitely something I'm seeing it personally as well, you know, and anecdotally that, that sub-Q injections do seem to give you much better levels hmm. 
than IM. Um, studies do show that IM has greater peaks and troughs in, in, in reflection to sub-Q. So it would appear that sub-Q sort of evens the levels out to give you an overall greater plateau rather than a high peak and a low trough. Hmm. I'm wondering, and, and Scott might be able to add to this, I don't know if he's listening, but I'm wondering if the physical process of injecting into the muscle has an impact on the compound just in physically. I know that esters can be cleaved from hormone mm -hmm. through injection. Mm -hmm. And I know that an injection site will actually have a greater uptake of hormone at the receptors in that area. Why sub-Q, you could argue that it's going to enter the bloodstream via the blood supply to the fat and not going to be adulterated in any way by receptors in the muscle that you're going into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but in truth, I don't think it affects the half-life, but I do think it accepts its dispersal rate. So I think it's dispersed slower, it's yeah. dispersed more evenly, which then when it enters the bloodstream, the half-life will drop into what it is, so 10.5 days for testing. Um, whereas, but it just takes longer for it to get into the bloodstream in yeah. the first place in order for that to happen. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking it must be. That's the only thing I can mm. think of that would make sense. All right. Let's see. So here's a question from CW. He's one of our guys over at the YouTube page. He says, uh, I have a question for the next Q&A. Um, have you ever used arachidonic acid as a bodybuilding supplement? Any experience with clients using it? Any positives or negatives? How would you use it? And all that stuff. Um, if you have any insight into the supplement, let's see. There are not many people that I trust that have used it. Thank you, James. I have used it. Really? Uh, yes. I'm surprised by this. I didn't think you would have. Well, in my early days, Mr. Llewellyn was quite influential. Yeah, yeah. And, and Mr. Llewellyn had a bit of a camp. William Llewellyn, who writes the anabolics books, had a, a bit of a hot nut for acridonic acid. Mm -hmm. um, and he pushed it and pushed it. He got quite a lot of criticism for it as well. Now... The, the basics behind it is it, it's anhydronic acid is released by the muscle when you train and it plays a role in creating DOMS. Mm -hmm. The inflammation caused by acridonic acid directly relates to the release of stuff like PGF uh, and, and growth factors mm -hmm. that are triggered by inflammation in order to start the repair and rebuild process of muscle tissue. So the theory is the higher your acridonic acid levels, the more inflammation marker you create, the greater response you get in growth factors. Ah. Yeah. So that's that's the basics behind it. Um, our acridonic acid levels, though they replenish, they tend to replenish not fully unless you give it a good five, six, seven, eight days post-training a body part, which is why we don't. We tend to find the longer we train, the less DOMS we get because our acridonic acid levels are, are declined within that muscle. And yet if you take a week off or two weeks off and then go train that muscle group, you get huge DOMS again because mm. the acridonic acid levels will come back up. So Llewellyn came up with acridonic as a supplement. Um, I tried it. I noticed an increase in DOMS, definitely. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, not astronomical, but it was definitely there. And I know other people that have used it that have reported the same, that they have felt a definite increase in DOMS. 
Um, I felt fuller. There'd be more inflammation, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So there was definitely a change in inflammation uh, within the muscle, and I felt fuller. Hmm. How that related to an increase in growth, I couldn't tell you. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, it wasn't controlled enough. I didn't run it for long enough um, to, to, to say whether it had any real impact on tissue growth. But from a point of view of feeling fuller and visually being fuller, Yes, it did have an impact. Mm, okay. Now, arachidonic acid, I don't believe it's in fish, but it is in chicken. Okay. I remember hearing Dave Palumbo talking about it and saying that you would grow better using something like chicken, which has arachidonic acid in it, versus fish and i don't know if it was a specific type of fish that we use in bodybuilding like if it was cod or tilapia that does you know something along those lines but he was saying that that's one of the reasons is that the the arachidonic acid in the meat is going to be more beneficial for muscle growth now i'm quoting not even quoting i'm um paraphrasing something that was said in a podcast probably 10 years ago right now so just throwing it out there because that's about all I have on it. I've I've never used it personally. I, I have. There was a real craze. When was that, Dave? That you took that? How long ago was it? Because that was oh, a, a few years. Yeah, yeah, a few years ago now. Yeah, probably a good. 10. William he he pushed it hard. Yeah, and then and then he he sort of backed off it for a bit, and and then the, some studies came out that you know what I never even fucking bothered reading them when they did come out, but there were some <laughs> studies came out yeah. and he was jumping all over the place with these studies going, I'm see, I'm proven right. There's the evidence. There's the proof. I've been telling you for years. It did this. There's the proof. Yeah. Um, I'm not so sure how supportive these studies were, but obviously there was something in them or he wouldn't have been pushing them as hard as he did. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's a game changer. But I, I, I do think there's potentially something in it. And the downside, because they did ask about negatives, the negatives is the fucking dogs. Because obviously it can be quite bad. No kidding. Uh, and, you know, we all know what it's like trying to train fucking... I've always split my legs up. So if I had bad doms in my quads and then I'm trying to train hamstrings by laying on a laying leg curl and I'm laying on my quads, which are absolutely fucking killing me. And it's just like, no, this ain't fucking working. I can't do this. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to change chest after shoulders are massively aching. And obviously you end up focusing on the delts because the pain's there and you struggle to focus on the back. So it, it does have some negatives because the doms can be quite severe. Mm, yeah, uh, and they can impact not just everyday life, but also impact your ability to train intensely day in day out. Okay, um, but I, I must admit, I, I I did like the fullness, and I I, I did like that that information that you you did carry long term post workout. Scott had chimed in by the way about the half life stuff. He said uh, half life is based upon time of injection and the combo of release from the depot sub Q versus IM and the main thing affecting T half of gear is released from the depot slash injection site. Okay. So sort of on the right track there. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like (laughs) he has some studies in there too. It looks like uh, he said, uh, what was this? Uh, Left this out once 
the esterified steroid is released from the depot, it's really relative, excuse me, it's readily deesterified in the liver. A longer fatty ester, a longer fatty acid esterified with the AAS can sit in the depot for weeks. So it could. So he's saying that if it's sitting there in the depot, like in a pocket, basically. Once it enters the bloodstream, everything's pretty pretty even and fair. It's that journey from the injection site to the bloodstream and then obviously to the liver that's, that's the timing that's extending the half-life, and that is technically part of that. I didn't realize that was actually technically part of the half-life. I've always viewed the half-life as being the the, the, the liver's impact on, on releasing the ester, well, mm-hmm. releasing the hormone from the ester. So yeah. uh, oh, I learned something today. All right. He's got some notes there too. We could add that to the uh, to the show um, after we're okay. done here. All right, let's see what else do we have here. Um, let's see. When you are close to the last week before a show, do you cut out all injectables or do you keep them in? Personally, I would cut them out. How how far would you cut them out? Mm, seven days, ten days, yeah. depending. I think if you're in a good condition and stuff, it's not going to make or break you. You know, well, it could hurt you. I have a story actually, and I don't can't remember if I told it on the show before or not. But I had, uh, I had been running trend, and I was like one shot shy. Okay, I was like one shot shy. Where like I was supposed to take a shot on Thursday, you know, every other day, and I talked to a buddy at the gym, and he's like, "Oh, I brew my own trend." He's like, it's so good, man. Smooth, smooth. I was like, well, listen, man, I hate to ask, but you know, could I, could I have just like one cc of it, you know? Because I need to do, you know, I, I don't have access to get a whole bottle right now or anything. He's like, yeah, man, dude, I'd be happy to hook you up. And he brings this in for me, you know, and uh, and I draw it up and I take it. And wouldn't you know, Dave, I got the worst lump in my life in my glute, the worst, like. It was showing through my trunks bad. And it's all because I decided I needed to take that shot. I've seen plenty of guys on stage with lumps that shouldn't be lumps in places they shouldn't have them. Yeah. Uh, and it does detract. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, if you're level pegging with something, all these things start to come into play. Sure, sure. Uh, anyway, tell Scott sod off to his own podcast and stop being smart on our one because it you makes asked. us look dumb. Dave, you you asked, Dave. <laughs> you asked. I know. You asked. Yeah, but he, he's got to come across as being semi clever, otherwise it makes us look really stupid. <laughs> uh, okay, Toby Howard has one for us. He says one bad sleep and sleep disturbances on TRT causes solutions personal experience. I'm going to tell Toby, Toby. Check out the podcast that I did with Dr. Dean St. Mark called Hacking Sleep because he explains we could we could try to I could try to bastardize what Dean said. But Dean, because I haven't seen it. So I'd be interested to see what you say. Dean spent about 30 minutes plus going into it. Plus, we had charts and graphs showing exactly what happens um, to create good sleep what those issues can be, the different types of insomnia, why those insomnias are caused. And some of them relate to, to steroids too. So it's, it, it, and it comes down to dopamine. It, do, it comes down to uh, not being able to clear dopamine fast enough, which you need to be able to do in order to uh, release serotonin. They're kind of like serotonin so, and dopamine are like a yin and a yang. 
So you got so would yeah would injection time impact this? I don't know. I guess I guess you know what? Yeah, I don't know exactly, but one of the issues can be though that you don't clear the the dopamine and and there could be a lot of reasons for that too so that's where get into the podcast and you can check that out um but if you don't clear that then you can't produce the serotonin they're like the opposites of one another then once you produce the serotonin that converts to melatonin and that helps to keep you asleep so there's the insomnia where you can't fall asleep, and then there's the insomnia where you can't stay asleep. Stay asleep. Yeah. So I'd say check that one out. Um, then he has a second question. Uh, and, oh, and there are supplements, like simple over-the-counter supplements like P5P and L-theanine and 5-HTP that you can use to correct that stuff too and, and hack it. So check him out. And if you do want to shop with uh, him and use their products from Supplement Needs, then use our code ADVICES. Uh, his second question, Primo versus EQ as a second compound alongside uh, 400 milligrams of test for growth. EQ? Yeah. Mm. I didn't and think you know I'm EQ. not a fan. Yeah. No, I'm not a fan <laughs> of EQ, but EQ. Yeah. Me too. Going back to the sleep thing, I was wondering if injection timing would play a role because obviously our test levels peak in the morning mm-hmm. and die off towards the back end of the day. And it's oh, one of the yeah. reasons why we get sleepy mid-afternoon because our test levels are low. So I wonder if test point time of timing of injection is important and you're better to inject in the morning than you are to inject in the evening. I don't know because I feel like does it matter <coughs> if you're using, say, like test E or SIP or even mm-hmm. Sustanon where it's going to be elevated and then elevated for days? Yeah, true, true. Would it matter? I don't know. Uh, okay, yeah. I'm with you, but though. EQ over Primo. Definitely. Um, all right. Is it common to backload into an insulin needle? Uh, Mike, and, and this is a female, my coach has me on it, uh, using Primo this way, but a f- couple of friends are always confused why I do that. I'm confused about what she actually means. She's instead of taking the pin, sticking in the syringe and pulling it out. She's filling up a syringe and taking the plunger out of another syringe and loading it through the back. And here's the deal. If you take that insulin syringe and you stick it through the rubber stopper, it's going to dull the needle out. It's a lot easier because it's a 29-gauge pin or something like that. It's going to dull that little needle out through that heavy rubber stopper. If you backload the syringe, then the needle is still completely 100% you know, intact without being damaged. So, Or you just buy separate syringes and needles and, and change the needle. Yeah, you could do that too. But we get here in the U.S. our insulin syringes. They're all like the little 1cc and half cc yeah. syringes that are fixed. Same over here, but you can still buy insulin size needles well, separately. Yeah. Would you, you get can go down to you could go down to a one. I, I, the only thing that puts me off the backloading is is the sterility issues. Why? Because you're opening it all up. When you when you go through a vial, you put the needle into the vial, you draw out, and it stays from a sterile vial into a sterile needle. Okay. Yeah. 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 When you take the back end off, and then you just put it in your mouth to hold on. You're to then it. In, you're then injecting in open air. Yeah. Into now an open vessel. It just seems a lot of fucking grief for, for not really much benefit. Here's what you do, Dave. You take that the plunger out, 
and then you just stick it in your mouth so because you can't you don't want to set it on the table where it could get dirty and then you squeeze, squirt it in there and then stick it back in and you're ready yeah, just it just seems a, a lot of grief. Your own germs uh, are not. Uh, you can't get you can't get an infection right, so from your own germs. Thing. Okay, so what you're gonna do? It's not true, guys. Is, oh yeah, okay. So you're gonna back load to what you want in the needle, which to myself seems a bit tricky. And then you've got to get it spot on. Mm-hmm. Put the plunger back in. You've then got to get the plunger in, release the air pressure without the oil getting in front of the air. You pressure shake it down. You just pop it in the back. I do this every day because that's how I'd use my growth. And you just <laughs> don't. I yeah, I take that because it dulls the hell out of those little needles. Oh, stop being gay. So what? What's wrong with being gay, Dave? Nothing's wrong with being gay, but I, I've never understood this. I, I'm injecting steroids, but I don't want to inject this, that, or the other because it hurts. Then don't fucking do steroids. Just use a dirty needle off the floor. Yes. Be happy about it. I'm 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 about 12, 12 shots off my current slim pin. What's up with you? Mm. <laughs> All right. Oh. Uh, there it is. We got. No, a, I just. Yeah. yeah. It just seems a lot of faff for 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 not much advantage to me. Yeah, I do that, and and you know what? I'm just I'm such a pro at it because I do it every day. It's not okay. a, it's not a big deal for me. It's like it's it's easy. Once in a great while, I'll mess it up, but <laughs> for the most part, I'm good. Uh, we got another my primo. Big, you big what? fat sausage. My big fat sausage <laughs> thing is can't fucking do shit like that. We got another primo question, but I'm gonna skip down for a minute here. We'll come back to that. Sarms for the over fifties. Um. Is it healthier and or a safer alternative to gear for gaining size at this age? What would you guys recommend? From a safety aspect, yes. The less impacting on a health regime. There's no you can't get away from that. You know, I mean the generally if you get the right ones, tissue selective, um, they they don't have the same impacts uh, as steroids do, but then again as they don't a, have the same as a group all all of them no no i ran one for your yk11 i'd be a bit wary of um i mean one of was yk's is it yk or radical i always get mixed up it was built on the back of a steroid profile anyway so yeah. uh, i think it is effectively a gear yeah i think yk is yeah i mean i'd, I'd you know your your, your andrine s4 or your Osterina, your two traditional psalms and probably out of the psalms the ones that fit the profile that a psalm is supposed to be the best mm. Um, but what Psalms won't, what Psalms don't give you in, in, in your later years is, is a viable replacement for declining testosterone levels. Uh-huh. So, you know, as test declines, so does estrogen. Psalms aren't going to give you that element of things. So as a compound for building muscle, yes, they're safer, but they are not as effective. So, but it's, it's like when we talk about growth hormone and, you know, it's, it's useful to hand in for its other benefits rather than for its muscular growth perception. And it's, there's, there's elements of, but if you're running tests, you're going to get better levels of estrogen mm-hmm. if, if your test levels are, are, are low. 
So it would depend on where your hormone profile is. It would depend on how long you're planning on running them for and what your goals and aspirations are from what you're getting. It's very much horses for courses rather than one is better than another. You say that a lot, horses for courses. Yeah, well, it is. Though, isn't I it? never I mean, heard you know, that one until I met you. It, it, it's, it's about you know picking the right compound for what you're trying to achieve. Horses for courses. Yeah. I'm going to start Don't saying eat, that. How long is Don't a piece of string? If you want to be lean, yeah. How long is a piece of string? About that long. Chip, chip, cheerio. All those things. I hear those things all the time from Dave. If anyone would like to to be paid money to to kill somebody that lives in Detroit, Michigan, I live in Detroit. Please, please, please get in touch. <laughs> That's interesting. I live in Detroit, huh? Okay. Yeah. 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 Is it anybody I know? <laughs> um, all right. Back to, I'd say he gets his levels checked, right? See where his test yeah. levels are. Maybe hop on a little growth on top of that. I don't know what you're talking about, Scott. Hop on you, a little, little growth you, hormone. This program does not promote drug use in any way, shape, or form. Does Primo Bowling cause phlegm issues? Oh, not that I'm aware of. Nah, I never heard of that either. He says, uh, You sound like a bloody dog. <laughs> you sound like your dog. Yeah. <laughs> I remember reading in one anab- uh, that one anabolic does, and I can't remember which one. I'm having issues. It's also, listen, check out uh, this is the time of year where fall, there's a lot of mold. It's very possible that you're just dealing with that, you know. Ooh. Oh, who's who's fallen? Have you fallen? Have you hurt yourself? Autumn. Who's fallen? We are in the autumn. I will say I this did. too. I so did. there's a relationship with uh, allergies and estrogen. That not, and I'm not quite sure what this is all about yet. But I get a lot of nasal congestion and. Uh, Changes in estrogen levels, there may be something to that. And I don't have the answer yet, but it's something that uh, something that I've been made aware of. So and there, there could be, it could be any steroid, really, that could cause issues. That could even make you more sensitive to allergies. I don't know. Well, allergy or histamine response is part of our immune response. Right. So... Even if you go to moving away from the chemical interactions, if you just look at the fact that anabolic use can trigger immune response, which can cause the immune system to operate, that would potentially, because our immune system has a certain threshold of operation. So if 70% of it's tied up with dealing with your gear use or it's being triggered by your gear use, then you've got less to deal with other aspects. Okay. So I could see an allergy worsening while on gear just from the fact of overload of the immune system, but I'm not aware of hormonal interactions, but may well be. I was always a very snotty individual while I was growing. I wonder if that is anything to do with it. Snotty individual. I was. You ever see this stuff? For Andro? Super Andro? Mm. No. I have two bottles of it. And Why? we will start taking bids now. Um, somebody gave it to me. I, I haven't used it. I've had it for a while. 
I thought of it though because I was looking at this question we had on the YouTube feed. Uh, are you are you by some chance trying to use our channel to sell off your shite? We got nineteen ninety nine. Do I hear twenty five, twenty two, twenty two? Anyone? Uh, Dave, no, <laughs> not at all, not at all. Uh, twenty three. Uh, do we get a twenty three? I have a half used packet of Cody. <laughs> Ooh, you're gonna get us kicked off the channel here. Uh, please talk about one and four, Andrew. <coughs> Do you know anything about one and four, Andrew? No. I think this is for Andrew. Is this some some pro hormone? Yes, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Oh right. Yeah, sorry, man. We don't really know a lot about this stuff. That's why I also still have a bottle <laughs> of it too. <laughs> I take it that it's a pro-hormone to oxymethylone, then, if it's got the androl name. Andro. I think that it's uh, one of the uh, one of the DHEA uh, ah. pro-hormones. But, yeah, I, I honestly, yeah, guys, we don't know anything about that. Um, sorry Apart about that. from the very basics, as in what a pro-hormone is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's another one we had. Uh, so... Uh, well, we had one guy say uh, the the injectable L-carnitine pain depends on the brand because you said you didn't get you didn't notice any pain, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. How about opinions on intermittent fasting? Uh, a bunch of other stuff too, but we'll stop there because it's like several topics. It, okay. Intermittent fasting, Dave. I don't really have an opinion on it, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, I think there's several ways to approach diet and, and the way that works for you is the one that you can be consistent with. I can see where it could benefit some people because I've I, seen bodybuilders working it into their programs. So here's what I've seen. Some guys like it and that they'll, they'll use it as part of their fat loss plan where they will extend, say, the morning time. They don't eat, you know, they go to mm -hmm. bed and then obviously they don't eat while they're sleeping. And then instead of waking up first thing in the morning eating, They'll wake up, maybe even do cardio, and then not eat for several hours. And yeah, I, I find it an easy way to diet. Yeah, I do find intermittent an easy way to diet. Um, is it more effective than just a regular calorie controlled diet? I'm not so sure. Like I say, I think with with diets, it's the one that you can stick to. And for someone like you know, someone like yourself who has probably more of a propensity to store body fat than I do, then it may be more beneficial for me. That is, that is the politest way anyone has ever said, Dave, you're a fat bastard. I'm a diet coach. That's, that's how I word things. Yeah. I, I'm impressed with that. Scott. that was, that was a very polite way of saying, Dave, you're a fat bastard. <laughs> well, someone like me, who's i I'll be a twig, uh, you know, if, if I don't eat, so if I were to intermittent fast, it probably wouldn't be as beneficial for me. So I think it really comes down to your body type. You know, there's health benefits, yes. You know, but a good way to reset your insulin sensitivity, sure. But I think it depends on on where you're at, what kind of body type you're at. If you're an ectomorph like me, then it, you probably, you know, you may not find that to be as beneficial as someone like Dave. All right. Let me see if we have anything else here. We do have some more questions, but we are running low on time. Um, make that shirt. Um, Stop making these comments up, Scott. Let's see. Scott's looking massive and Dave's looking smaller. So I guess y'all. 
They said, y'all are meeting your goals. How about that? I'm just shriveling away. And I'm just like posing the whole time and flexing as we record. Oh, guys, honestly, before we start the show, he's running around that room with dumbbells in his mm-hmm. hands, mm-hmm. doing bicep curls and shoulder presses. And, you know, he's all sweaty. Then he has to change his shirt. And then he has to take his pre-workout so he's pumped for the show. You then, have no idea what I have to put with. And then I oil up, too. Um, if doses of I'm, test aren't really high... Wouldn't low dose aspirin be plenty be better than phlebotomy since removing that much blood that often can crash ferritin? Who says we're removing it often? Yeah. Part of the process would be to manage your bloods in total. If you if your blood levels aren't that high, just come off the gear. That'll bring them back down. No problem at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. If your test isn't that high to begin with, then you probably don't need to phlebotomize. And if your blood's thick, bringing your test levels back into natural range for a period of time will will thin your blood out. It, it will, won't stay thick in most cases. Mm. Um, it will thin back down. But uh, if you need it down fast, aspirin isn't going to do that. Aspirin's more of a long-term management. Well, aspirin isn't going to lower your hematocrit either. No, it's 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 it's, it's not going to fix all the problems. Yeah, is phlebotomy ideal? No, not at all. But it is a very quick and and impacting solution to the problem. Yeah, the real solution is a period of time where your hormones are in natural range. That's that's the real solution to the problem. Yeah. All right. Oh, uh, let's see. We'll do this one more. Um, is injectable D-ball just bolden on with a shorter ester than EQ? No. He says, I've asked and I've heard many times before that D-ball and bolden on are the same molecule, but taken orally as D-ball, there's different changes in the liver that make it more anabolic and aromatize more. Um it first no, of all, it's do with the methylation at the end of the day. Yes, so it, that changes the drug once you methylate it, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So injectable D ball is not no. Yeah. It, they are still different compounds. It's there's a lot of compounds that are very very similar, mm-hmm. but once you methylate, you have a completely different animal. Isn't and didn't we just talk about M trend, methyl trend? Uh, well, a prime example. I was just thinking that. Yeah, M to methyl trend. Um, you take a compound like trend, trend, trend and has an androgenic ratio of 500 and an anabolic ratio of 500. You look at methyl trend, and it can be as high as 64,000. Wow. That sounds healthy. It's, ins- it's insane. The, the changes in those numbers. Yeah. It, it's mental. It, it's it's huge. Um, I'm now beginning to wonder if it should be 6,400 and I've put my decimal point in the wrong place. It's still a lot. I'd, I'd have to reference. But the point is, it's still huge. 64 yeah. million. No, yeah. It's a billion. Yeah. Um, the, the point is, methylating that drug completely transforms it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and methylation has a huge impact on compounds uh, and compounds that would chemically appear to be nigh identical. Yeah. Have completely different impacts within the body. Yeah. Dave, you were a lot nicer to me on this episode than usual. 
don't get used to it. Are you getting softer in your old age? I'm definitely getting something. I'm just not quite sure what. <laughs> Guys, did you know we, in case you've missed it, so Dave was talking about what he calls his blood bus. So Dave started a new business. First of all, he stole an ambulance and then he changed all the stickers on the outside so that you couldn't tell it was the old ambulance anymore. It looked like a whole different ambulance. And now he goes around and um, phlebotomizes people at different gyms and, and supplement shops. And it's stuff not like that. all we do. We do blood testing as well. And we do IV infusion work as well. Yeah. And IV infusion work and blood testing as well, guys. Yes. I think that's kind of a cool, that's a very novel business that you created. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm finding myself less and less satisfied with coaching. Yeah. Um, and this has just been a, a sort of natural progression. So originally I started doing a lot of blood work analysis um, and I was doing stuff for a couple of testing companies. So I then set up a website to, to for people to just, you know, submit the blood works if they wanted to get a, an overview of what, what the stuff meant. Nothing too technical, but just a basic overview of this means this, this is what this is, this is what's happening, that sort of stuff. Particularly aimed at users, obviously, um, particularly aimed at the problems that users face. That naturally led to people asking for blood testing. So we then hooked up with um, Youth Revisited and started doing blood testing. And then that progressed to... In order to do the blood testing, we trained us for botanists, and that enabled us then to do blood laying. Hmm. And what we found was there was quite a demand for blood laying because it was very difficult to get hold of. A lot of people didn't provide it. Uh, and then off the thing of that, we then got into cannulation, and then we got into IV, and it's just been a natural progression. And, and, um, with and then the you COVID stole an ambulance. Then I stole an ambulance, yeah. And with the COVID situation, we... What what limited were geographically was you know you're only available to supply to people that can get to you and that was the problem everybody else was having they couldn't access services it wasn't that the services didn't exist it was that they couldn't access them so the original business model was to 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 go to a gym or go to a venue and, and set up at the venue mm. COVID stopped that so the next logical thing was to create a vehicle that we could take to a venue and would be standalone and that's where the ambulance came in. So the blood bus now exists, and and it's yeah, it's 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 relatively busy. I don't know. Do they use uh, Corey Wright asked us? Do they use uh, MCT as a carrier in pharmacies, like pharmaceuticals? I don't know either. I don't think so. I don't think so. I always just see like cottonseed oil. The um, no, I don't think they do at all. Yeah. He says, um, he also adds, he says, uh, I would, uh, would you guys do a biography on one of your next episodes? No. No biography? I think we can talk, talk about ourselves. People don't want to hear about us. People don't care about us, Dave. You realize that, right? I, I'm more than happy to answer questions at, at, at any personal level. It doesn't bother me at all, you know, about what I've done or what I've not done. But I, I think I think people have had enough of watching my fat ass and, and <laughs> the shit I put myself through, really. Uh, but, I mean, if people have burning questions, they want to ask about what I've done and, and things like that, find a way. It doesn't bother me. 
Yeah. I mean, you've, you've always been fairly open about your past history as well, Scott, and what's brought you to where you are today. Absolutely. We had another question that just popped up here, too. Greg asked, uh, he says that they need a blood bus in Hawaii. So, <laughs> I'm there, mate. I'm there. Get me the custom. I am there. <laughs> I'm going to have to get that thing on one of those big jumbo jets that you can drive into. Well, we're, we've been looking at another vehicle, uh, and we're actually looking at an American ambulance. Really? Yeah. yeah. I still think you should get a Ghostbusters ambulance. Yeah, but people can't stand up in it. Yeah. I don't care. I it would, looks cool. I would, I would love one, but people can't stand up in it. I think that would no. look great. And we could get you the outfit, like the uh, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, and you could flag people over to get their blood drawn and stuff in it. And they're just like, oh, I'm pulling over here. <laughs> 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 you know what he was saying earlier on about me being nice to him <laughs> god you look small scott ah, thanks dave i appreciate nice that pleasure, Whew. all right guys have you been ill <laughs> you look to have lost loads of size with that said for another <laughs> episode of drugs and stuff with dave crossland i'm scott mcnally Head on over to crosslands.org.uk. And, of course, check out our great sponsors, truenutrition.com. You can use our code advices. For Dave Crossland, I'm Scott McNally. We are out of here. Thanks, Dave. Bye.